Hey, welcome everyone. Today on the podcast of Build a Kick-Ass Offshore Team. So we are doing this, I think, third episode with Phil and David. And I think Chris is joining in for the first time. Uh, welcome everyone. Uh, today's topic is suggested by Phil. And it is, you know, quite often we talk about the firm of the future. And I, I know one of the platform, uh, which, which is named after this, called as firm of the future, probably run by QuickBooks or Intuit. So uh, without taking much time, uh, I would like uh, Phil to kind of come in and give a little background on the topic and we'll start the conversation. Sure, thanks so much, Sean. So I'm real happy to be here with uh, you, Chris, and uh, David, Senior Managing Director at Whitman Business Advisors. Um, so we're gonna talk about something that's actually very timely. You know, CPA firms are feeling a lot of pain right now with everything going on with this uh, COVID-19. And um, this is something we've been talking about for three years, building the firm of the future. And to us, what that really means is building a sustainable CPA firm, a firm that could weather the storm that we're in right now, a firm that's multidisciplinary. So what we're really going to be talking about is the rise of advisory services in CPA firms and how important it is to do much more than just audit and tax work, okay? And there are so many things. So, you know, um, at Whitman Business Advisors, we help our CPA firms grow. We have helped CPA firms build additional advisory service offerings, and we're here today to advise CPAs throughout our country how they too can build the firm of the future and become sustainable by offering advisory services. So, you know, David, why don't you just, you know, real quickly give, give an idea, you know, people are hearing this, you know, everyone hears advisory services. Well, if I were a small CPA firm with my head to the grindstone, trying quickly to bang out returns for 415, now do 715, there's a little bit of pressure off, but I think there's still a lot of pressure, okay? So David, why don't you share, what, what the hell is an advisory service? <clears throat> so thanks, Phil. So one of the things that we know is that advisory services, many firms are already providing advisory services, but the way they package it, the way they discuss it, doesn't lead to that higher profitability, that stickiness of the, to the client. So in many ways, advisory services can be things like helping firms with cost segregation studies to allow their clients to, to find tax, um, tax benefits, to offer wealth management to their firms, to have those retirement conversations they have with their personal clients today about what the future looks like. We also think that advisory um, uh, firms offering advisory services are going to look a lot different today uh, in the future than they do today. So, Phil, why don't you talk a little bit about perhaps some new roles within CPA firms as they create this firm of the future, as well as different types of employees that they're going to have and how they can take advantage of the world being flat. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for that, David. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, CPA firms in most 
uh, states, you know, you, you are now allowed to have non-CPA firm ownership. I think there are five states that are holding out, uh, New York being one of them. That being said, we've, we have seen firms uh, hire people with new titles like chief success officer, you know, chief revenue officer, you know, a lot of C-suite roles coming out of uh, building advisory services. I saw last week, even Price Waterhouse has, you know, a, a partner that's in charge of crisis consulting. So, you know, I'm sure you're going to see now the chief crisis, uh, you know, officer, you know, lots of uh, companies having challenges. And I do believe born out of every adverse situation. If you look at when we had, you know, post Y2K, the bubble broke. There was a lot of work for CPA firms. You look at the Madoff scandal. After that, there was a lot of work. You know, you look at Enron, you know, SOC advisory services came out. So, you know, we've been a very reactive profession. And I think getting into advisory services can really be something proactive. Now, this recession we're heading into, okay, is going to be wrought with opportunities and we have to erase you know the four letter f word that people use so much in cpa firms four letter f word fear fear we see a lot of fear and fear in that marketplace cr is crippling you know we see people okay we gotta hunker down yes we're hunkering down we're working differently but we can't put our heads in the sand we got to be looking to create these advisory opportunities. I mean, we're talking with organizations right now. They're about to embark on launching a advisory service. What is it? It's recruiting of CFOs, controllers, accounting managers, bookkeepers. They're going to help their clients. They're going to help organizations that aren't their clients. So there could be business development opportunities. We've even seen companies go as far as, does anybody know a CPA that's a great salesman? Well, we know a few. We have a few of them on, the, on this call right now. Well, uh, but in any so event. Those are two unrelated terms. Marketing yeah. and CPA business. <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to share the joke of, you know, how you can tell an introverted accountant from an extroverted accountant, but it has something to do with whose shoes they're looking at. But well, in any event... Yeah, well, let me share you one, one, one incident, you know. Well, we all meet a lot of accountants, right? And whenever we meet accountants, uh, we often tell them, you know, um, how do you acquire clients and what do you do for your marketing? And suddenly the face turns, you know, marketing? I mean, uh, or sometimes even, you know, some people who are a little bit aware, uh, they say that, you know, most of it is word of mouth or client referral. And, and they say it so proudly that, you know, because of the great service, we are getting a lot of reference. Instead, they should feel that shame that they are not doing marketing of their good service and they're missing a lot of business which is out there. <laughs> so absolutely, Sean, you're so right. And we have a client, what I was going to say, that went out and they first engaged a sales training company to work with their partner group. And what they ended up doing, they ended up merging this sales training company into their firm first teaching all of the people in the CPA firm how they need to be able to go out there and network and sell. But what client of a CPA firm doesn't sell something? So now they have a new advisory service where they're offering sales training to 
their clients. Now, I want to ask a question, David. Why? Why should a firm consider offering advisory services? You know, here I am, I'm making a good living, banging out tax returns, doing audit. Why should I consider offering advisory services? So I think there's a number of reasons why a firm would offer advisory services. You know, number one, <clears throat> to stay relevant in today's marketplace, as many of their competitors are offering these advisory services, it's important to remain competitive. Two, it increases the stickiness of the client. As a entrepreneur, not a CPA, the biggest complaint I heard from my entrepreneurial friends about their CPAs is their history teachers. They tell me what happened last year. I need somebody to help me make next year better. And so I think the value that they bring to their clients. The profitability of advisory services are also can be significant for many firms. So I think firms that want to compete want to help their clients. And every CPA pretty much that I've met, they are committed to helping their clients. This is a way to expand how they help. Sean? One of the things which probably should be considered while you're doing advisory services is it's always easy to sell a person who is already a client than finding a new one, you know? So, so uh, basically adding, you know, I was looking at your presentation, uh, Phil and David, you, you know, you mentioned about host of services, whether it was in budgeting, forecasting, whether it was analyzing buy versus lease transaction, or financial planning, or you know, outsource CFO or client accounting services. So, uh, and Phil, I mean Phil and David, you managed, you know, uh, you mentioned about packaging of services or discussion of services not being right. I have developed an approach, what I called as Cobra approach. For typically, my view is about uh, small and mid-sized accounting firms. So why co why I named this Cobra? Um, you know, Cobra shows a little bit of aggression in terms of marketing, in terms of alertness, you know, when you're working. So there's this Cobra approach where C stands for cloud. And we all talk about, talk about transforming to cloud. O stands for offshore staffing. B stands for business development. R stands for replicability. And A stands for advisory. So this... We are talking about three, three pieces, business development, rec replicability, which talks about scalability and, uh, and you know, productizing your offerings and, and then you know, you know, systematizing your operations so that they are scalable. And A stands for what you are telling is advisory. Let me just uh, throw some quick light on all these three elements. So on business development side, you know, I already told you know, how even a small firm with 10, 20 people you know, look at that, look at this. I mean, what you mentioned is very right that even a 20 people firm should have a dedicated business development manager. And at the same time, there has to be, uh, you know, the managers or senior manager should be given a sales training where, you know, they are actually selling to their clients who have already become clients. So business development manager should have a responsibility to add new clients and the managers should have a responsibility of adding more value from the same clients. So that's, that's, that's something which is not being, you know, uh, right now a part of most of the small and mid-sized CPA firms. 
Second thing I talk about replicability in my Cobra approach. Uh, well, uh, when Phil mentioned about packaging the solution. So uh, uh, when, whenever we talk about productization of your offering, people think, you know, pricing your accounting services at $300, $500, $800 a month. It's not just it. Whenever you package or productize your offerings, what happens is first thing your client perceives your services that they are getting these 12 things when they opt in for your services. So we are dealing with intangibles. So delivering tangible value is very, very important when you are charging X amount of money. So whenever you productize your offering, you, the client knows that these are the 20 things that, that is going to come with this plan, which I'm going to opt in. That's on the client side. On the operation side, it makes it easier for you to, you know, have a predictable cash flow, predictable costing to it. And at the same time, it is, you know, every time a small firm, I have seen owners and partners billing to their client in small firm, which is so, so ridiculous. I mean, it's an, it's, it's, it's an accountant's job. I mean, somebody working in your firm, why are you doing your own billing? And, and you know, owners and partner reply, you know, it's all in my mind because I don't know, I know this client for three years, how much I'm gonna charge them. You know, I, some, some client I charge 150, some clients I charge 250, 350. Surprising varies. So sometimes to have that 5% perfection in terms of your pricing and revenue, you are giving up 35, 40% of your time. So you need to have that productization to have that replicability and scalability. One is on product side, and your offering side and second is on the operation side. The systematization of your business, defining process and workflow and KRAs helps you creating business units in your business. So you can create more and more business units to scale it up. So that's a lot. Yeah, and the last, last thing about advisory which you mentioned, you know, uh, I don't, I can't add much that, you know, it's, for me, it's simple. One of the most important reasons for advisory services is you already have got, like what we tell is, if I want to start a cloud solution business, I already have 650 clients in integrity of which 300 are already going to become my client. If I start a cloud transformation business yeah. and I know how much people value it. So the first and the foremost, it's just, you know, what large people are saying, you get a bigger pie of a, of a wallet so yeah yeah, yeah so so, so yeah. it's interesting sean you know just as you said and by the way i love your cobra acronym <laughs> um, yeah so um you know with advisory services you know and, and david mentioned this you know when you're selling something to an existing client they're already your raving fan hopefully and you're their trusted advisor as their cpa and it's our belief that if there's any offering that you can make to your client as their trusted advisor, they are going to consider it. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna buy it, but they're going to consider it. And with a hot relationship, there's a high likelihood you're gonna have a new client in that new advisory offering. So David, if I, um, you, you know, I'm a small CPA firm, a mid-sized CPA firm, yeah, I got my audit tax. How do I get started with an advisory service? There's all this talk and there's all these great niches. 
how do I get started? So that's a great question, Phil. Thank you. So I think there's a couple ways that you can get started. Number one, most firms are already partnering with people who are offering advisory services. You can formalize those relationships. You can solidify those relationships. And for many firms, you could literally start tomorrow if you wanted to, right? So the, the barrier for entry is much more about the fear and putting the time on working on the business instead of doing the billing and working in the business, as Sean talked about. So you can partner with somebody, you can buy a firm, you can build it yourself. But we think for many of the, the smaller medium-sized firms, partner with somebody who you're already working with to get your feet wet, to get started within that process is the best solution. Sean, and then- Well, David, uh, I have one more question to ask you. And uh, whenever we suggest this to firms, you know, we talk with firms, when we talk about partnering, there is some level of insecurity the smaller firms have that, you know, if they take away my client, am I going to share my client data? You know, I know it's stupid, you know, in today's Google world, but, but yeah, if you can throw some light on that too. So, you know, yes, I think for many small firms, they're looking at the world incorrectly. For many small firm leaders, what they are looking at is every referral is an opportunity to screw up a relationship. And if I refer to you and you don't do a great job, now it's gonna cause problems for me. If we talk to wealth managers though, and they've actually done statistics on this, for every additional service I offer to a client, they become stickier. So the reality is that the fear that we've talked about is causing people to look at the world incorrectly and looking at them, looking at these referrals as potentially negative opportunities instead of opportunities to solidify that relationship with their clients. Now, one other point, and I know we're, we're coming up on time here, that we should talk about the firm of the future is advisory services, certainly a big piece of it. But I also think that the firm of the future is going to take advantage that the world is flat. Today, many of these small and medium-sized firms, they reflect that the community that they happen to live in, and that's who their clients are, that's who their employees are, that's who their vendors are. We know, and this call is certainly a representation of this, we're on multiple continents yeah. at this moment, and none of us are in the same room. So the world is flat, and I think firms also need to understand that there's opportunities to offshore staffing, right? And whether the work is being done in India, Idaho, or in their office, it really doesn't matter anymore. That expertise is also available, whether you're in India, Idaho, or your office. And your clients don't have to be represented by the people of your community. Your clients and your marketing and business development opportunities are also worldwide. So when we look at the firm of the future, we look at advisory services and those advisory services impact the clients in a much more positive way. And we look at that the world is flat and resources and opportunities are everywhere. And this call just shows the power of that. Absolutely. absolutely. So, so one of the things I'd like to share before we close 
you know, so in partnering, and, and by the way, we could go very deep into how to build it, how you go about buying it, the pros and cons, we're not going to do that in this call. But as it specifically relates to partnering, there's something at Whitman Business Advisors that we call the Grand Slam. And we call it the Grand Slam because there's four winners, okay? So you partner with someone, and I can tell a story if I may. We had a client, and this client needed to have a, a, a transfer pricing study done. And you talk about the world being flat, okay? So they had no way of doing this. So we introduced them to a company that we have a relationship with, and they happen to be in Minnesota, okay? So the Minnesota firm did the transfer pricing study, and here's what happens, okay? There are four winners. The first winner and most important winner is the client. The client gets the service that they need and through an expert, okay? The CPA firm wins, okay, because they were able to service that client and reduce the risk of losing that client to a firm that might be able to perform those services in-house. Or if they just told that client, sorry, we don't do that, the client could end up somewhere else and then pivot and hire a new CPA firm. So the CPA firm wins, okay? The strategic partner, the company that did the transfer pricing study, they win because they now worked with a client that they never would have gotten if they were not part of this program that we have. And WBA wins because we were the orchestra conductor. We received the call from the client who said, I need an X. I don't do that. Where can I get that? And WBA brought in the strategic partner. And then at the end of the day, there was revenue that was shared by everyone. So we call that our grand slam. We developed something we call the practice growth multiplier, where we've got 40 plus strategic partners that enable that small firm to tap into services that are typically only available at a large firm. So, you know, David, if you, um, you know, perhaps we can leave people with, you know, best practices and common mistakes when building, buying, or partnering with someone to, to offer advisory services. So let me just share a couple of those things. Number one, you need a vision that this is important, right? If you want to create a firm of the future, like most things, right, it's exciting. The opportunity is significant, but it's not going to be easy. You need a champion. You need a vision to create this to make it happen, right? You need to work on this on a consistent basis. <clears throat> and firms who have that vision that they want to transform their business, that commitment that they're going to invest resources, and many of the resources we're talking about is leadership time those are the ones who will make that transformation. And those are the ones who will be thriving, not only when we get through this, but into the future. Sean, you want to take us away? Well, I know. I mean, I think we had a good discussion. Um, uh, Chris, would you like to have your inputs? Uh, summary? I was just curious with the, someone trying to start out, right? And, and there's a lot of processes in place, but is there like a top three you know, most asked for uh, services that clients need that they could give them a starting point? 
So I think, you know, I'll do one and then Phil, you do one, right? I think if you have personal tax returns, you know, wealth management, you know, do I have enough, right? Do I have enough to retire? Do I have enough to send my kids to college? Do I have enough if you have a personal return? That is something that is highly impactful and perhaps the most profitable for CPA firms to get into. Bill, why don't you share one of the business ones? Sure. So what I'd like to share is obviously the demographics in the CPA firm arena, uh, you know, lots of baby boomers. Well, that's mimicked amongst their client base, which means just like you will have a uh, forthcoming transition and succession in public accounting, you'll have the same thing on the client side. So exit options for CPA firms clients. Typically what we see happening is a CPA firm puts together some financial information. It goes off to an investment banker who earns a huge fee for helping the client sell their business. CPA firm will end up doing a final tax return and maybe if they're lucky, they'll get the you know, owner of the company to remain as a 1040 client. But if you're offering these exit option services, whether you have them in-house or you partner with someone, you're gonna participate in significant fees and not just lose a client and do a tax return. So this is an advisory area that if you've got a business client base, um, whether you partner with an investment banking or merchant, merchant uh, banking company or business broker, uh, there are opportunities. And, you know, Sean, I don't know if I shared with you, you know, we actually, in, in the ashes of what's going on with uh, everything, we have just launched WBA exit options so that we could help our clients help their clients. So, you know, we view ourselves at Whitman Business Advisors as the trusted advisor to the trusted advisors. We're here to help. We're here to help firms expand in areas other than traditional tax and audit. And it's our belief that firm of the future will be multidisciplinary and will look more like a consulting organization that becomes a one-stop service and value provider to the clients. Well, uh, Phil, I think, uh especially Phil and David, you mentioned about you already have, you know, you have already articulated what are the 40 services that you can add to your existing practice or 30 or 40 services. And you have people whom you can partner with. So which adds a lot more credibility that, you know, to make, make sure that you're going to make money out of it. So, yeah, I think a CPA firm should look at this uh, with much open eyes and ears, uh, especially in times like now, uh, where you need to have that stickiness with your, for your client and multiple stream of revenue, um, where, you know, uh, uh, well, it might so happen. I was, I was talking to a few of my clients and they're saying, you know, for the next two months, we are not going to have any revenue in accounting division. Why? You know, there's no accounting. Businesses are shutting down. There are no POS system, which is swiping credit cards. So practically, there is, there is not, nothing to capture that. <laughs> so 
So how what I'm and client has told us, you know, we are not going to pay you anything because there is nothing to record. Especially some of the clients who are in restaurant business. So yeah, it is it is impacting. So it is it is it is all the more important right now to focus on uh, what we call as advisory services as a part of becoming firm of the future. And and it's not future; it is now. I mean, so to say. So so that's with that said, you know. Uh, I think we had a great conversation today. Uh, thank you everyone for joining in the podcast. And uh, I think we had a very good conversation. I think we will do some more podcast uh, in the future. Uh, this is a time, you know, you should be recording a lot of stuff, working from home. Thank you guys. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, David and Chris.